Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's go. Hello, good morning, welcome back. This is another episode of the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, and we're doing an extra bonus episode today. Today is all about Ask Kelly. So we are bringing on special guests that are listeners of the show that took the time to rate and review the show, and we're bringing them on live, and we are going to answer their questions, which hopefully will make a huge difference for absolutely everyone who tunes in and listens to the show. So I am about to bring on the amazing Judy Weber. She is also a member of the Unstoppable Entrepreneur. Yay, Judy. She's going to introduce herself and share her question, but I want to make sure all of you guys know that if you would like to be featured on one of these bonus Ask Kelly episodes where you come on share what you do, share who you are, and ask a question about your business, head on over to iTunes, leave your honest review of the show, share why you'd love to be a part of it, and we are selecting names from those new reviews coming in every single week to be bonus guests on the show. So we would love to see you be a part of the conversation, and the more depth and breadth that we have of the questions that we can answer for you guys here live, the more value that we can add for our entire community. So without further ado, I'm gonna bring on the amazing Judy Weber. Good morning, Miss Judy. Hi, Kelly. How Thank are you? you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. So excited to have you here today. So I know you, but maybe some of our listeners do not. So why don't you share a little bit about yourself, what you do, how you change the world? Awesome. I'd love to. I am the professional woman's business coach, and I help high-achieving women of faith grow and scale a business of significance God's way. And so everything I do has two foundations, Jesus Christ as a foundation and sound business strategy that I garnered from 20 years as a trial attorney, years in the C-suite as general counsel and director of HR, and more than 15 years as a serial entrepreneur, both online and offline. Amazing. And I, I just love Judy. It's so near and dear to my heart. I love that you're bringing faith back into business. I think if there's anything that we learned from 2020, it's that we need to have more faith in our everyday lives. Faith absolutely plays a huge role in business. And I really, really love that you are extending that opportunity to women that want to lead, want to grow, but also want to incorporate their faith in the process. I think that is such a special, beautiful, amazing thing that you're doing. So I'm really, really happy to get to be connected to you and to help to elevate that message in the world for sure. So that being said, Judy, what is on your mind and on your heart today? And what can I help answer for you to keep you moving forward? Right now I have two team members, Kelly. And in the past nine months, I have not had success in hiring women that are really behind my mission. I mean, they seem great in the interview, but then when I hand them, just as you say, you know, hand off a team member, a project or a, a bucket of, of um, tasks and let them feel empowered to own it. But what I'm finding is they're not, you know, they're, they don't have the initiative and they seem excited on the interview, but when we're actually doing the do, as I say, they're not really showing up the way I would have expected. And as I reach out to them, 
they're telling me, oh, you know, they're making excuses about, oh, why I didn't get this done or why I didn't get that done. So I've been firing quickly, but mm-hmm. finding it difficult to find great people to hire in the first place. And so one other thing I just want to throw out there, Kelly, is that I, um, I bring them on at an hourly rate and then I incentivize them to reach certain milestones to make more money. But that doesn't seem to be incentivizing them to show up the way I really want them to show up. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about like, who are these people and where are they coming from? What, what okay. is the backstory on that? Okay, great. These ladies, these two on my team currently came from referrals from ladies that are following me or friends. Mm-hmm. And so this one young woman, she just graduated college and she's really excited for opportunities. She was very excited, but she has all these plans. She's in her early 20s. Oh, I'm traveling here and I'm traveling there and I'm sorry, but you know, it just seems like that's happening more often than it should. This other young woman I got from actually, that's right, she was a referral from a client of mine and she's a similar age. Um, and again, she's very excited, but I, I don't know, maybe it's my management of them because I wanna give them room. And I think I explain things well, but, I'm just not, I feel like I can't rely upon them. And so one is responsible for my admin type stuff. um, And another is responsible for social media. Um, And I really wanna hand these things off so that I don't have to worry about them anymore so that I can bring on more people like somebody specifically for my podcast and somebody else specifically for social selling. For sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, to me, right off the bat, just kind of listening to you describe that, you know, you don't have people on your team right now that are really looking for a career path. So when you say, for example, like that someone has all these other plans and also that you have milestones in place for performance and they're not striving to meet them, that's there's nothing wrong with that. If someone's if someone's focus in life right now is I want to travel, I want to have fun, I want to explore the world, I want to, you know, I want to play. I'm not really about making money right now. There is nothing wrong with that, right? Right, right, right. But that's not a fit to be an employee in a hyper growth startup company, right? right. And I consider it doesn't matter. I still consider our company a startup company. We have 45 employees now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so you have to really go back to what are you doing in that interview process, Judy, that you are attracting people and you are allowing people through your door that are coming into this environment. And this is not their priority. Like this is not, their career is not the number one thing in their life right now. And when you look at a company that is in that very aggressive hyper growth stage, Mm -hmm. you're truly looking for people, Judy, that are coming in on the ground floor of your organization that want to ultimately lead the department that they're joining. The first person is the person that ultimately you want to promote, 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 and build a team underneath of them, the thing that they're doing. So Mm -hmm. you have to adjust the way that you are speaking and the way that you are interacting with these people, even from the interview to say like, hey, I'm looking for someone that this is the number one priority in their life right now. Their goal is to find a company, get in on the ground floor and advance all the way to the top. And you understand that for the next three to five years, this is it. 
Like this is, this is a 24 seven operation. And so when you hear me say that, and then you hear kind of how you interviewed these people and how you conveyed the opportunity to these people, where would you kind of put what your conversation with them had been maybe as you brought them in? Yeah, that's a really great point. And again, this might be a mind block for me, but my thought is then, yeah, but then they're going to want $40,000 a year. They're going to want to come on as an employee. Um, and until they're, until they've sold me that they really are committed, I don't know that that's the direction I want to go in because originally that's what I was thinking. I want to have my number two, somebody yeah. that, that really is excited to work up to be my VP, my right hand. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the money block is a concern for me. So how do I handle that when they say, well, I'm happy to, to make it my life for 40 grand plus. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's a chicken or egg thing. You have you read bigger than you, Judy? Yeah. Okay. So you read bigger than you. So what do I teach in bigger than you? You can't expect people to go all in on you if you're not willing to go all in on them. So here's what's happening. This is the dance that's going on in Judy's business right now. Judy's not willing to go all in on our team. So our team's not willing to go all in on the dream. Wow. Okay. That's a mic drop moment. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's what's going on in your business. So because you're like, I don't want to go all in. I don't want to spend 40 grand. I don't want to, you know, have to commit to you as an employee. They're like, okay, cool. I'll dabble in your business over here, but I'm not going all in on you either because you aren't going all in on me. It's a dance. The second Judy that you bring someone in, you're like, I'm going to pay a $40,000 base. I'm going to have an uncapped commission plan. I'm going to bear the risk of investing and hiring a full-time employee. Guess what? They are going to make it their life. They are going to give you everything that they've got. They are going to 4X. They are going to bring in boatloads above and beyond what they're costing you every single month. But that all stems from you. That will not happen. You are the leader. You are the leader. So they're going to only mimic and mirror the behavior that they see from you. So you dabble with them, they dabble with you. You go all in on them, they go all in on you. It is absolutely a dance and they're going to mimic and mirror whatever attitude and mindset you have towards them. That's exactly what they're going to give back to you. Make sense? Yeah, it does. It, may, it does. Can I just ask one follow-up on that? That's a, that's a mic drop moment, Kelly. Um, but I know from listening to your podcast, you know, I'm a big, big fan for years. Um, you know, you started bringing somebody in as an intern. Yes. So there was less risk. And I yeah. tried to do that. And now it's not as easy. They make you go to handshake. And there was a tech issue when I tried to do that. And anyway, yeah. so um, so how do I get over that fear? Because it is fear. I'll be very honest with you. It's yes. fear. Yeah, it is fear. And and it's it, here's here's what you have to do, right? And this is this is what I do to myself whenever I'm feeling fearful of a decision that I'm making. I always say, what's the worst that can happen if everything goes wrong? That's what I ask myself. Every time I'm having fear of a decision that I'm about to make, I say, what is the worst that can happen if everything goes wrong? Well, what's the worst that can happen if everything goes wrong? You find a person, you think they're amazing, you go all in on them, You offer them the job. They turn out to be horrible. You have to fire them. Guess what? You're going to fire everyone that you bring in that you're not going all in on anyway because they're not going to deliver the work that you want. So the worst thing that can happen is the same thing that's happening already. Mm, Good point. Mm -hmm. So, So that fear is actually a lie because the thing that you're fearing 
the worst that can happen is the thing that's already happening, which is you're spending good money on people that you're not getting a return on because of exactly what we're talking about right here. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. As a lawyer, of course, then I'm thinking, yeah, but an employee, then I have to go out and pay all this other stuff that, you know, you know what I mean? As an employee, as opposed to an independent Trust me, trust me. If I told you what I spent on lawyer fees this year with the amount of employees that we have and the amount of policies that we have to put in place, I mean, I think we had to put entities for 15 new states in place, multiple countries. I mean, I, I trust me. The, the, the legal aspect, it's not fun. I don't love it. But here's the thing. That risk that you bear is risk and reward are partners in crime, right? You know, no pain, no gain, right? No risk, no reward. And what you're experiencing right now is no risk, no reward. It's like you have the people, but you don't have the people because you're not getting a result from having them because you're avoiding the risk. You, The only way, Judy, that you can break through this ceiling that you're at right now is you have to be willing to bear more risk so that you can achieve more reward. It doesn't mean you're not smart and you don't protect yourself. You work with, you, you are a lawyer. You don't even need to work with a lawyer. You are a lawyer, right? But you get the right employment agreements in place. You get the right contracts in place. You put all the things in place that you are already well aware of that you need to have in place to protect yourself. But here's the thing. Most of the time, not all of the time, most of the time, when you hire the right person for the right reason with the right intentions and you go all in on them and you give them what they need to thrive, they are going to give that back to you. People in general want to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You're not going to make a bad hire every now and then that you're still going to have to turn it. That is part of the process. And it's a continual part of the process and it's never going to end. But you you have to decide to push through that fear barrier, Judy, because it really will act as a glass ceiling in your business. And it's it's a fabricated one. It's like a fake glass ceiling. Right. And it's one that that a lot of people run into, uh, you know, specifically as as they, you know, want to grow because we only have limited time, right? And with all of your talent and your expertise and how big this mission and vision is, there's no way you can do this alone and you can't do it with helpers. You know, I always like to make that distinction. There's a difference between helpers and owners and you are hiring entrepreneurs who are business owners that work within your company. And people always ask me, they see Team Unstoppable and they're like, oh my gosh, these people are crazy. Like, how do you get them to do what they're doing? I'm all in on them. I'm, I'm absolutely all in on them. They know I'm all in on them. They know they're my heart. They know they're my center of my circle. They know I'm willing, I am willing to bear the risk in order to create the reward for them, our clients, and myself. And because of that, they're all in too right? But they they mimic and mirror me, right? And, and your people are going to do the same with you. And this is for everyone listening. If you don't like what you're getting from your people, if you're getting helpers instead of owners, then that first step is to change you, right? Does that make sense? Right. right. And I've got to walk my talk. I tell my clients, no fear, go all in. <laughs> it goes back. It's so simple. We overcomplicate it. That's it. That's it, Judy. It's as simple as that. You make that shift and you're going to see. But but now you have the opportunity to take all of those learnings 
and you know all of those things that have come up and and bring someone on new and to your point about the interns we still hire interns uh laura bath she's one of our newest sales reps she is crushing the ball started as an intern um sophia same thing she's she's my personal assistant now she does photography for us she does all sorts of marketing things for us intern hired her so how did you that, find her how, how do you find interns how do you find them a lot of networking right so you know we do a lot of networking like rich on our team actually worked with sophia in a past life and he was like hey i know someone that could come in that would be great so a lot of networking we do still tap the universities we do use handshake it's it's really like it's not a one size fits all thing like it's like we're putting lots of lines in the water all over the place so i'm still using that first and best strategy right but but we're not relying only on that. Does that make sense, Judy? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Kelly. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you so much for coming on the show. I hope you made that mindset shift today. I know you are brilliant, Judy. It's why I was so excited to have you on the show today. And, and the second that you dial in that dream team, this is going to be an explosion for you because you have the vision, you have the mission, you have the wisdom, the expertise, the business maturity, it's all there for you, but you can't do it alone. And so the second you make this shift, Judy, and you start bringing in, you know, that dream team, not only are you going to have the money coming back in from the return that they're bringing, but that's how you're going to keep growing yourself. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's I'm so freaking excited. <laughs> that's where the money's going to come from. So it's it's crazy because you're like having a money block, but the thing we're talking about is what's going to unblock the money block, right? It's like chicken yeah. or egg kind of thing. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming on the show today. I hope this is Kelly. And I hope this is helpful for everybody watching. I love, I see some of the comments coming in. So you can't do it alone. Helpers versus owners. Um, Christine said she's glad she was up this morning. Hey, hey, Christine, thanks for joining us. Um, Danielle said Laura Beth was an intern that came from a fair at a local university. Um, and, and we have some other people working through some blocks as well, right? We have an amen this morning. I love it. All right. Thanks, Judy, for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kelly. All right. Hey, Kaylee. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for coming on the show. For sure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, um, Kelly, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your business. Okay. So, I am a second-year business student at the Edwards School of Business in Canada. And so, I really like to listen to your podcast because I find as somebody who wants to open my own business as soon as I'm done school, it's just so important to have the right mindset going into yes. being an entrepreneur because sales might not come right away, but they will come in. You just really need to trust the process. Yes. Yes, definitely. Awesome. So tell me a little bit about kind of what question you have that I can answer for you here today. And first of all, kudos to you for getting started in college. That's amazing. I don't even think I knew what podcasts were until I was like almost 30. So <laughs> that's amazing. And I just, I love to see you getting started so early. So what questions do you have that I can answer for you today, Kelly? So my first question is, I find that during the pandemic, people need resilience more than ever, especially being a future business owner, or any business owners out there. I want to know about a time that you needed to be resilient in your business and how you overcame those obstacles. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, I would agree with you. I think resilience really truly is like the number one thing that will make or break a business and specifically a business owner. Um, You know, for me, I had a whole business life before I started my business. And one of the number one times when I needed to show resilience um, is, you know, in the crash of 2008 and 2009, which I reflect back on that a lot now, because I think it very much prepared me for this year. And I think that's why we had such a great year this year, is that I brought that experience to this. But when the crash happened, I was a senior vice president for a Fortune 500 company. And, you know, I was managing all of these people. And when the crash happened, um, all of our competitors were shutting down and they were laying off all of their staff. And our company began to do the same thing. They began shutting down branch after branch after branch. They were cutting people in the dozens every single day. And I remember making the decision that I was not going to lay off a single employee. I was not going to fire a single employee and that I was going to pivot and find a way to still achieve our profitability goals, even though the core business that we were accustomed to doing was completely disappearing and crashing. We lost over 50% of the business in like a matter of days when the crash happened. And, you know, for me, that it required extreme resilience, you know, to not only uh, have to work through that in real time and, and to figure out what is this new plan going to be? Everything we just worked for for, you know, so many years disappeared overnight. And it was essentially like we were starting over. And for me, not only was I considered, you know, was I concerned about the profitability of the business, but I was concerned about these lives that I was responsible for, these people that, you know, their whole career and their employment uh, depended on me as the leader, right? And and so for me, it was it was pushing through the fear of, holy crap, half of our business just disappeared overnight and pushing through the fear of letting people down and pushing through the fear of everything that we know just went out the window. We have to literally reinvent ourselves completely, find a new way to do business, find a new uh, stream of income, find a new way that I can get people to their profitability goals. And so learning through that real time while actually teaching my team to do it uh, required an extreme amount of resilience. Not only that, but obviously the pressure and the stress of going through that situation and the speed with which it happened was terrifying, right? For everyone. But for me, you know, what that taught me and I carried this into my business and I use this as an example when you ask this question about resilience, because that was such a huge pivotal moment for me in my career that I utilize what I learned from the crash of 2008 and 2009. I use those skills in my business every single day. And it really was about resilience. It really was about saying, you know, you can be stoppable or unstoppable. A lot of managers threw up their hands immediately and they just said, the business is gone. The profitability is gone. Cut the people, shut the location down. That's it. And they just gave up. And I was like, that's not okay with me. I, I took on the role of leader. I took on the role of manager. Like that was not okay with me to let people go and, and to fire people. And I, I saw it as my responsibility to figure out a plan and to lead people through it. And so, you know, I, I think... I think for all the business owners and, and all the future ones that are listening today, whatever curveball comes at you, like there is always a way to work through it. There's always a way to pivot, to innovate, to 
you know, overcome the hurdles and obstacles, but it really is a hundred percent mindset. It's a hundred percent mindset. And in every situation you can either give up and you can quit and, and start something over. You can say no, where there's a will, there's a way. And, you know, to your question, Kelly, resilience really is the key. And, and that's why, you know, when 95% of businesses still fail, why does that happen? Because we give up, right? We burn out, we run out of money, we give up. And, and that's a resilience thing. And you have to have determination, which determination to me is like resilience and determination are kind of like the same thing, right? Um, you have to have the determination to say, okay, this isn't working. This is broken, you know, but does that mean that I quit? Or does that mean I need to get a new strategy, a new plan? I need to figure out why isn't this working and what do I need to do differently instead? And to me, that's how I look at every problem in business. It's, it's, not, it's not failure, it's feedback. And the second that you begin to interpret failure as feedback, you'll have unlimited resilience because you're now gaining wisdom, knowledge, perspective and understanding that will then catapult you to great heights. And, you know, again, the mindset with which you approach that is, is everything. And, and so that experience for me was a very pivotal, uh, pivot, very poignant, you know, learning moment in my career. And it very much guided us, you know, through the multi-million dollar growth that we had this year, even amidst the pandemic. That's amazing, Kelly. Like, I love the fact that you didn't take the easy way out because I have a feeling lots of people would for sure take in the easier way out. Speaking of future entrepreneurs that you mentioned just a little bit earlier, if you do have any advice for anybody who's like hesitant, like maybe wanting to start a business, maybe not, just kind of on the fence, like, should you just go for it and then? just trust the process and be resilient about it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if there's something that you have in your heart that you want to try, you want to explore, you want to learn more about, the only way that you can truly figure out whether or not that's a path that you want to take is by taking action, right? Taking action is how you get feedback, you learn, you know, you you can't theoreticize whether or not you're going to like running a business. Like that's not possible. So the the only way that you can really understand whether or not it's the right path for you is taking action. And a lot of times people start off by taking action over here. And then that's what leads them on a zigging and zagging path to their ultimate destination. But it's the getting started part that that triggers that and allows you to discover and explore and ultimately land on uh, the, the, the right place to be. Awesome. And my last question for you is something that I find so important to ask people is what kind of books are on your bookshelf? Oh, gosh, so many books. Um, on my nightstand right now, I have The Path by Peter Malouk and Tony Robbins. That's a new one that I just got. Um, Retention Point, which I was just uh, speaking about and sharing with uh, some of my higher level uh, clients yesterday. Um, Picture Your Prosperity, which is a book about uh, visioning and uh, really materializing your goals and dreams. Um, Dave Ramsey, Entre Leadership is one of them. Uh, a Course in Miracles is another one. Um, Be Our Guest, which is about the Disney approach to customer service is another one. So I like to really focus on books that allow me to 
uh, expand my thinking. A lot of the mentorship that I've gotten in business has come from reading books. And I really like to look at the best brands in the world, like the Ritz Carlton's of the world uh, and, and look at what you can learn from their business model and approach to doing business. And, you know, of course, balancing that out with things related to the psychology of success, understanding human behavior, personal development, and, and, you know, visualization and manifestation of your goals and dreams. Awesome. I will definitely take a look at some of those books. Great questions. Great questions. Anything else I can answer for you, Kaylee, today? I don't, I think you covered everything. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a listener of the show. And thank you so much for coming, hanging out with me here today. It was great to have you on. And I think you asked great questions that I think will apply to all of our listeners. So thanks so much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. All right, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Ask Kelly. It was so much fun to do. We had awesome, awesome individuals come on with us here today. And if you would like to join one of these episodes, I'd love to have you on. Head on over to iTunes, write your honest review and feedback of the show and why you would like to come on and ask a question or be a guest here. We will scan those and select guests to come join us. And don't forget, we release new episodes multiple times a week. So make sure you're subscribed in iTunes and make sure that you are set to follow anytime I go live here on Facebook, Instagram, whatever the case, so that you get notified of everything going on. We have so many awesome things planned for you guys between now and the end of the year. I hope you don't miss a single episode and I will see you guys back here next week. Thanks everybody. Clients are bombarding us, asking us about products we recommend and what companies that we absolutely love. And while we are building out a custom app, we have all of our housing and training modules in Kajabi and we absolutely love it. If you're looking for a simple way to store your membership training, your courses, your programs, this is your one-stop solution. You can use it as an email service provider, landing pages, and basically anything else you could possibly need to build your business online. If you're interested in giving it a try, you can grab a free trial by visiting unstoppableentrepreneur.com forward slash Kajabi.